0: Thank you for joining us and welcome back to Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today and every podcasting day is our good friend Kyla. Hey. Suffice it to say we're going through a wee bit more adversity this fantasy season than last year. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) However, I believe in us. I, I believe in us despite our poor starts to the season. We'll dive into an insane week three, dish out new injury updates, and look ahead to week four with our good and bad matchups and our game of the week. Uh, there's a game that may or may not be played this week. <laughs> yeah, our pets' heads are falling off. We don't know what's <laughs> we don't know what's happening right now. Um, like always, Kyla will get us started. How did Finkelsteinhorn, your squad, fare in week three?
1: Well, going into week three, I was very hopeful, but uh, it did not get any better for me in week three? Unfortunately, oh. <laughs> I'm try <trying> to. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. It's not funny. <laughs> well,
0: well, oh, you're right. You're right. It's, I mean, it's the the negativity just from us is why I'm I'm laughing. You know, there's a lot of reasons <laughs> to to be happy. Yeah, we're we're just anyway. Go ahead.
1: No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I I did want to try to keep this brief. This week because I didn't want to just be complaining for the whole first segment again, but it, <laughs> it appears that my game summary has gotten a little lengthy again. So let's just buckle up just the way it is. Yeah. So I'm pretty frustrated with how my season has, uh, has gone. Like I said, I lost again. I'm now Owen three, but I'm one of those. zero and three. I'm like the Texans who are Owen three. I feel like, I think my team is better than this we just had a hard start. Like On Sunday, I didn't feel this way. But now I'm kind of getting my hope back again. Yeah. Well, and so, a lot
0: like the Texans, you've had a tough schedule.
1: That's true. I, I I think that is true, yeah. I am the only person in our league who does not have a win yet. But fortunately for me, the five people ahead of me only have one win. So I'm not too far behind. I can still get back in it. Uh, with that said, I'll just get into it. My week started okay. It wasn't great. I started Mike Gesicki on Thursday and he only got eight and a half points, which is not great, but at least his one catch was for a touchdown. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't, it could have been a lot worse. My saving grace at that point, I thought, was that my opponent started Gardner Minshew, who only got nine points. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, From there, in the early games on Sundays, my receivers performed well, so that is good. Allen Robinson finished with his best game of the season, 10 receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown, which translated to 30.3 points, which is by far the highest score I've had all season. Gallaudet finished in his first game back with 17.7 points. I'm so glad that I just plugged him in. As everyone should have, I was debating on going back and forth between him and Marquise Brown, and boy am I glad that I did not start Hollywood Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, Ryan Tannehill and Josh Kelly were a huge disappointment. Tannehill probably had his worst scoring fantasy game that he's had since being a starter. He did not throw a touchdown. Luckily, he got 300 yards, so I did manage to get 14 points out of him, and then Josh Kelly... Who was the huge? I took a chance and started Kelly over Todd Gurley because I was so disappointed with Gurley last week. And Kelly had such a great matchup. You know, it was the best matchup for running backs. And I think the fumble that he had in that game probably hindered him a bit. And he only finished with five points, which really hurt me. In the midday games, though, I had Kenyon Drake, who was a huge disappointment considering the matchup that he had. They were playing Detroit. They just got slashed by Aaron Jones. And he still got a lot of carries, so that still gives me some hope that eventually his production is going to improve. But he only finished with 8.9 points, which was his worst game of the year. My concern with him is that Kyler Murray seems to be getting the goal line carries, which is really unfortunate. Um, I'm hoping that changes. We'll see what happens. I guess somebody did offer to trade me Kenyon Drake. I just don't think I could do it. I did want to get Cam Newton <laughs> for him, but I think I'm gonna hold off, see how he does this week. Uh, he does have a couple of good matchups coming up, so I'm trying to stay hopeful with him. My opponent had multiple people on his team who had their best game of the year. He was also 0-2 coming into this week. But he had Tyler Lockett, James Conner, Zach Ertz, and Cooper Cup, who all had their best performances of the season so far. I feel like anybody who plays me, their team has the best game that they have ever had. Yeah. <laughs> so the bad start with Minshew didn't really affect him much because he still scored 161 points. My kicker and defense were pretty shitty with four points from each. I went into Monday night hoping for a miracle only needing 68 points from Clyde Edwards <laughs> Um I, I stay hopeful till the very end. Um, I thought, well, it's possible. You know, he could get 68 points. He could get like four touchdowns and 200 yards and whatever else. But, you know, he did not get that, of course. But he did manage 18.4 points, which well, he had a solid game. I liked what I saw. He got 20 rushing attempts and six targets. The only issue with him is that he has not been able to get into the end zone the last two weeks. Again, I'm hoping this changes for him too. I think it will. The 18 points did not change my fate for week three. I did leave some points on the bench. I When I was writing this out, I almost forgot to even acknowledge my bench players. <laughs> but Gurley had his best game of the season with 15 points. Gaskin, Miles Gaskin had 14, both pretty solid performances for guys that you'd be starting in your flex. Matthew Stafford, who I acquired at some point last week, had 18 and a half points, but Hayden Hurst only had seven while Hollywood Brown only got 3.3 on Monday night. So if you can't tell, I'm pretty frustrated. I was feeling pretty (laughs) annoyed, (laughs) but I do think I've got good guys. They just got to come together and play as a team. And then I think I'll be good. So we'll see what well, happens. I
0: mean, you're you're the coach. You've got to get everybody in a room and just say <laughs> you've got to play as a team. You know, if somebody <laughs> over here is only going to get 10, I got to get 20 out of somebody else. Yeah. You yeah. Know, uh, well, like you said, you played all the good matchups. Kenyon Drake had a great matchup. Joshua Kelly, who was actually one of my good matchups last week uh, <laughs> that I, you know, tried to push on the show. Yeah. And uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> That so can't blame you for starting him because we had a whole segment about how you should start him. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I was going to say one thing. Do you want to go through a few of the trades? You were, you were trying to, to get some trades going and it just seems like trades are such a common question that we get on social media. Like, should we trade this guy for this guy? And so often it's confusing because you don't see the whole team. Yeah. So it's like, should you trade a receiver for an RB? I don't know. I don't know who your other RBs are. I don't know who your other receivers are. So I feel like we should just talk about trades just for like a, a quick second.
1: I can. I was trying to trade um, originally Bethany, who is we wish you a Mari Christmas
0: um,
1: in our league. She has Dak Prescott and Josh Allen on her roster. And, of course, we know I do not like Josh Allen, so I didn't want him. But I did offer her, she lost Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert, both her starting running backs, and started on Johnson and Deion Lewis this week. And uh, I did offer her any running backs I had except Clyde yeah. for Dak. And she, I think she was considering it at first, but then it kind of looked like she might still win there for a minute. And she was like... Well, if I win this week, I'm not going to trade anybody. And I was like, okay, well, that's okay. You can just keep him then, <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm like that, and um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> out out of spite, just because I'm like that. Yeah. Well, I think it. I think it brings up sort of the the question with the trades: is it is it better for her from her perspective with Mostert maybe coming back soon? Phillip Lindsay is on her roster. He's coming back soon, but this week she had to start carry on Johnson and Dion Lewis because of all the injuries. So it would seem tempting right to trade one of the quarterbacks for the RB, but in a couple weeks, she's going to she's going to have those RBs back and then you still have your quarterback depth with Dak and Josh Allen. So with all the injuries going on right now or with COVID, you know, maybe Josh Allen gets COVID and she has already (laughs) traded away Dak. And then, you know, she's stuck trying to pick up Daniel Jones off the waiver wire. That's true. So I think that is kind of the.
1: I feel like Elias has Bethany is Elias's wife. So I feel like he played into the fact that she did not want to make a trade. If you're uh, picking up on this out there um but my he's
0: brought it up to me many times now i've i try to stay out of it the best that i can
1: (laughs) my i see your point and that is fair but for me i feel like trying to find a quarterback worthy of starting for a couple of weeks if somebody gets covid or whatever is much easier than trying to find a running back to start for a couple of weeks and if i were resorting to starting carry On Johnson and Deion Lewis as my starting running backs, I would be desperate to find somebody else because even if Philip Lindsay comes back, he's not going to be an RB one and Raheem Mostert. There's really been no indication of how long he's going to be out. They're saying he's hopeful. The fact that they have not mm-hmm. put him on IR to me indicates that they don't expect him to be out three weeks, but you never know. McCaffrey's going to be out at least three weeks, probably more than that. If you don't have those guys for a few weeks, you could lose all those games and you could be in trouble. It could, it could determine your season at the end of the season. So to me, having one solid quarterback is good. But at this point, I've rethought it and I don't really... I don't want to... I also offered or I asked Phil if he was interested in training Cam Newton. And he said maybe for Kenyon Drake, but as I have thought about that, I don't really want to get rid of Kenyon Drake yet at this point. I think he's more valuable to have.
0: Yeah. It's it's just a depth issue really for both teams. Um, so if you take away Kenyon Drake, then you've got Clyde, Todd Gurley, Josh Kelly, Miles Gaskin, and Cam Akers eventually coming off IR. Mm-hmm. So let's say Akers... Uh, you know he was gonna be the starter, but now it's him and Henderson, and he's in a timeshare.
1: Yeah. Josh
0: Kelly is on the lower part of that timeshare. So that guy. <laughs> Todd Gurley eventually is gonna get. It seems like more into a timeshare because his arthritis, you think, is gonna flare up at some point. So now, <laughs> so now you've got Gaskin and Clyde. Yeah. And yeah. you've got Stafford still, and and Cam Newton, and I guess you would have got rid of Tannehill at at that point. So I guess, you know, I don't have all the numbers in in front of me or anything like that, but do you feel that your team is better at that point?
1: No, I think after I was able to get Matthew Stafford, I was feeling a little bit better about my quarterback situation, especially now that Galladay is back. I think he's going to improve, so... I mean, I believe in Tannehill. Don't get me wrong. We know, we know. I love Tannehill, but I definitely need another. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I definitely need another good option at quarterback. And I think that now I've gotten Matthew Stafford. I am in a much better spot. So I'm just going to keep the guys that I got and see how it goes.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, week three, I lost as well and <laughs> suffered some injuries along the way Many. to my players and my pride uh let's start off with lamar jackson this is more the injured my pride portion of the program i uh i thought the ravens abandoned the run game and started becoming really predictable and their loss to kansas city on monday
1: mm-hmm. as
0: a result jackson finished with just 14.18 points in our league did not reach 100 yards passing did run for 83 yards tossed one td and lost a fumble Threw an off-target pass to my tight end, Mark Andrews, in the third quarter. There should have been a touchdown, but Andrews dove and dropped it. That would have changed the game and my fantasy matchup at that point. Mm -hmm. Could have cut my deficit in half, but it didn't happen. Then he wound up throwing that touchdown later on to boil the other tight end.
1: That was awful to watch. If you are watching a game and you have a player and they throw a touchdown to somebody who never catches touchdowns in that same position, it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) especially
0: on on monday night when i really needed it yeah Uh, so that pretty much sealed my fate i lost 126.32 to 106.98 so you know lost by about 20 points that touchdown there would have cut it in half really and then uh, my opponent had harrison bucker who missed an extra point and missed a field goal (laughs) i i believe so really everything was playing out the way that I needed it to. I just really needed the Ravens to do something, anything, and it didn't happen. Uh, Jackson looked really flustered. He wasn't keeping his eyes downfield long enough, I thought. Andrews had 5.2 fantasy points despite eight targets. The whole offense just seemed really disjointed. Um, The next turn of events really angered me this was on Sunday Uh, (laughs) after barely being fantasy relevant the first two weeks I benched Michael Gallup I championed the Cowboys receiver all offseason and he let me down so naturally he puts up 27.8 points once I take him out of the lineup right caught six balls for 138 yards and a touchdown but I started Deontay Johnson who of course got hurt and scored just 0.9 points So if you're doing the math at home or in the car, wherever you are and you have this podcast (laughs) on, if I had started Gallup, I would have won.
1: Oh gosh.
0: That's so painful. Well, I've had him in the lineup and he screwed me and then I take him out and then
1: No, I get it. I don't blame you at all. I would have done the same thing. And it's like for me, the loss, like all the points I left on the bench, it's not as heartbreaking because even if I'd started everybody who scored the most points on my team, I still would not have won. But to have somebody on the bench that could have pushed you over the edge to win, that's even worse.
0: <laughs> well, and I i had two of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to the other one here in a second. Uh, the rest of my team did pretty well, actually. Calvin Ridley continues to excel. Five catches for 110 yards. A whopping 13 targets with Julio Jones out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. He had 18.7 points. Chris Godwin had 17.4 points, but unfortunately hurt his hamstring. Derek Henry finally went off for 29 points, 26 carries for 119 yards and two touchdowns, and their win wow. over the Vikings added two receptions as well. Chris Carson had 10.6 points, but also got injured. Yeah, the other guy that I had on my bench, Tyler Boyd, receiver for the Bengals, goes off 24.5 points, 10 catches for 125 yards. So to recap, Godwin, Carson, and Deontay Johnson all got injured. My Ravens underperformed. <laughs> I had the ammunition to win, but it was all on my bench. Yeah. So I just think time to remain patient. Um, just have to take my L and move on. Yeah. I just, my team hasn't had its best week yet, and I haven't been able to piece together the right lineup either. Right. So there's that. Uh, one quick note about our league. If you're a fantasy lover out there, you would not be listening to this if you're not. So this is a bit of a gut punch. We had one game finish one twenty-eight point four or excuse me, one twenty-one point four eight to one twenty-one point one eight.
1: Yeah, that was uh, Bethany Cornhelio, and
0: Phil. Yeah, Corn Julio beat Bethany by point three points, <laughs> which is a brutal way to lose fantasy. You lose it by is. thirty yards or you know, however that adds up, depending it on is. what your guys did. So
1: it is brutal, but for me, it was a little bit satisfying after um. Bethany said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Bethany. I still love you. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> well, I get that way too. You know, if I I was able to win in in another league, and I'm one and two in that league, I'm so I'm a total of two and one, one and two, and then one and two in our league. So a total of four and five. Um, but if I had went 0-3 in that other league, I definitely would be the same way. I would just be like, you know what? Oh, oh, that team lost? Good. Very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, one quick note I wanted to mention when you were talking about the Titans' win over the Vikings. The Titans' kicker, 25 points this week. Isn't that amazing?
0: Well, and Gostowski was terrible in, in week one, and then he comes yeah. back with a game, or I guess he had a game-winning kick in week one. Had a game-winning kick this week, and did he not have a game-winning kick in week two?
1: I think he did, yeah.
0: I, yeah, so obviously he is one of the better kickers in NFL history. He has been a yeah. kicker for a really long time, so...
1: I was actually going to go and pick him up, which we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but I was going to pick him up for this week because Jason Myers has been shit, and <laughs> the Titans may or may not play this week, so we'll get more into that in a little bit. yeah. First, we'll talk about our winners and losers of the week. We'll try to move on here from our uh, bitch session. (laughs) My winner of the week is Alvin Kamara. This is a very obvious choice here. I originally had chosen Tyler Lockett because he ruined my week for my fantasy team and for my actual real-life team against the Cowboys. He got three touchdowns and 100 yards. But when I saw what Alvin Kamara did against the Green Bay defense, I, I just had to pick him. I didn't watch all the games, so I didn't even realize at first um, what he scored, but he finished that game with damn near 200 all-purpose yards, 197 to be exact. He only had six rushing attempts, but 58 yards, which is 9.6 average yards per carry, which is amazing. But the real damage came in the receiving game where he caught 13 balls for 139 yards and two touchdowns. I have to say... I love Clyde. He's my boy. He, he's a friend of the podcast, but <laughs> I'm having a little regret about passing on Alvin Kamara in round one because he was still available to me when I picked that pick number five. If things continue on this path, he has games like this every week. It will be my biggest regret of draft day, besides drafting Carson Wentz, obviously, but Alvin Kamara has been amazing. Same here. Yeah.
0: Same here. He was available to me at four, and I took Henry. And Henry (laughs) was awesome this past week, but he's not putting up forty-six points like Kamara. Right. Right. Um. So you know, Kamara, you were talking about Lockett. Lock and he ruined your fantasy week. Kamara ruined mine. I was against Kamara.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh,
0: my winner is Keenan Allen, the receiver for the Chargers. A pedestrian start to the season by his standards, but he garnered 19 targets on Sunday against the wow. Panthers, 13 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. He received 41.3% of Justin Herbert's targets. So he he really was the Chargers, mm-hmm. along with Eckler, just like how Kamara was the Saints pretty much in that game. Consistently found ways to get open. Fantasy owners need to pray Herbert remains the QB. But yeah. uh, at least for one week, Allen was a fantasy god. And if they bring back Tyrod Taylor for some explain, like completely inexplicable reason, hopefully Allen continues to produce.
1: Yeah, Justin Herbert starting has definitely benefited Keenan Allen the most on the Chargers. And I don't, I mean, if I were Justin Herbert, he's a rookie. He's had some struggles, you know. I mean, they haven't won since he's been starting. Not that I think that they would have won if Tyrod Taylor had been starting. But you've got a receiver like Keenan Allen. You're going to rely on that guy. He's a veteran. He's a great receiver. 19 targets in the game. Yeah. That is a lot of targets.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's it's like insane. a running back and getting
1: you know rushing attempts. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, and I guess they can hang their hat on they won the game. The Taylor started, but it was right. against the Bengals, and they shouldn't have won. Right? Because there they was barely bl- won. Offensive uh, PI against AJ Green. Yeah. At the end of that game, and then the, the kicker got hurt and botched the kick at the end. The Chargers shouldn't have won in, in week one either. Yeah. And Taylor was not very good. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. My loser of the week is Elias's man crush. This is a little bit of a dig at Elias because he's always trying to push <laughs> Gardner Minshew.
0: <laughs> hey, he did so good so far that it just all I'm- fell apart, man.
1: I know, I know. Minshew was not the lowest scoring person by any means this week. There were plenty of losers of the week to choose from. I mostly chose him because there was so much hype surrounding him in this matchup against Miami, and he was finished and his finishing stat line was a complete disappointment. He finished with 30 completions on 42 attempts one interception against Miami defense that was allowing the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. I did not put how many yards he had, but it was only 200 and something. If I can remember, he did not reach 300 yards, no touchdowns. I feel like this happens with Gardner Minshew because last season there was so much hype surrounding him one week and I picked him up to stream him and I played him and he didn't do shit. So I will not any, I mean, and I think Gardner Minshew is fine. He's had some great weeks and he will continue to have some great weeks, but anytime one that he's playing on Thursday night, I'm not going to start him because Thursday night games always disappoint. And anytime there's a lot of hype surrounding him to start, I'm not starting him.
0: I got to say Minshew mania. I'm a big fan. (laughs) I love the mustache last season when his like his dad was on TV I for, I'm forgetting what his dad's name is at the moment but yeah. he's like super buff and the, the whole family just seems goofy as hell and uh <laughs> I I love the I love just seeing the Jaguars like ruin other teams weeks <laughs> but uh Chark not playing seems yeah. like that really affected him for in sure. a different league I should have been more patient and just picked up a different receiver, but on Thursday night, Chark was out. So I picked up Keenan Cole, excuse me, Keelan Cole, Mm -hmm. um, thinking that he would get all the receptions that Chark normally gets and all that. Cole was, you know, he had like four catches for 40 yards or something like that. So pretty disappointing game all around, fantasy-wise, unless you have James Robinson. Yeah. He was amazing. He was. Uh, He
1: got 30 points in our league.
0: My loser of the week covered most of this already. Pretty (laughs) much just had to choose Mark Andrews. Dropped what would have been a huge TD in the third quarter. He consistently wasn't getting perfect passes thrown his way, but (sighs) come on, man. Catch the damn ball.
1: Come on, man.
0: He gets paid a lot of money to catch footballs. Yeah. like That's all he's supposed to do. Fuck. Uh, second straight week he's done nothing only nine catches on the season I say as I grip my teeth um, <laughs> I do expect better from him very soon but after yeah. drafting him in the fifth round I really really in all caps really need him to start performing
1: yeah he. and you're right about that touchdown it wasn't a perfect throw the touchdown that he dropped but He's good enough to have made that catch, and he should have made that catch. And that would have been like a 30 or 40-yard touchdown, if I remember right. I might be wrong, but it definitely would have been. Yeah. Um, the Ravens just are not a team that can come from behind. They cannot pass it enough and well enough to come from behind. They need the time. They need to run the ball. They need to get out in front so that they can control the game. And once they got down... Uh, on Kansas City, they just could not do anything
0: i I agree and disagree with what you're saying. Uh, so I agree in that they can't get down too far, but mm-hmm. they just abandon what they do best. You know, we've talked about Lamar. It has to be a balanced offense. It has to live in perfect harmony. You know, he mm-hmm. gets guys open through play action because they believe, you know, that they're going to run again, you know, it's that deception is what makes that offense go. So even when they were down 13 to three, whatever it was, there's still plenty of time. Yeah. And why are you trying to pass and play this shootout game with Pat Mahomes when he clearly is on his game? Mm
1: -hmm. They just
0: went away that first drive. They ran the ball right down the field. Yeah. And the drive stalled because of a really crappy third down play where they didn't gain anything. They passed it to Snead, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was a really lame play. So they kick a field goal, but then they just really abandon the run for the rest of the game, except for that maybe first drive of the second half, second drive of the second half. Yeah. uh, Where they started to run it again because that's the only way they could get down the field and they got down the field. Mm -hmm. So if they had just continued to run the ball, keep Mahomes off the field, maybe you get a touchdown there at 1310. You just have to play your game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't
0: know why. They just really played into what the Chiefs wanted them to do. All they Mm -hmm. really... The Chiefs have not been great against the run. Their thing is is that they get a big lead and the other team can't run. Yeah. So they just really played into what the Chiefs do, and I just really didn't understand why they were doing that. Ingram only finishing with like seven carries? Yeah. That's just not how they're... This is not how they're going to win games.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, I don't know why when they were only down 13-3 to 3, they abandoned the run that soon because that is not at all down too far. You know, there was plenty of time yeah. to catch up. They should have stuck with what they do best. You're right.
0: It's Before- like in basketball if it's like the third quarter and a team is down by 10 so they just start chucking threes left and right <laughs> when, they're, when their game is to get to the, you know, they're supposed to get inside and get to the hoop and get buckets. Like, calm down Yeah, and just get some points. It just seemed like they panicked immediately. And Lamar Jackson, his body language was really negative Mm -hmm. right off the bat. It just didn't really ever seem like they were going to get back in the game.
1: Right. Before we move on to the injuries, I have one honorable mention loser that I want to mention. And it is the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) who blew another big lead in the fourth quarter. They were up 26 to 10. Uh With six minutes and 24 seconds left in the game, I did not realize that they were up that much with that little time left. But they are the first ever team to lose back-to-back games despite leading by 15-plus points in the fourth quarter in history.
0: It's really amazing what they've they've managed to accomplish. Uh, The city of Atlanta, man, so much pain. Yeah, this it, is Wednesday morning. We're we're about to do injuries, uh, but the Braves are currently playing their first playoff game. I have not checked the score yet, but hopefully, hopefully oh, they're yeah. not losing too. Hopefully uh, the
1: Braves are doing better. Yeah, that would yeah, be painful just, for
0: Atlanta. But <laughs> the, the The Hawks are routinely bad, and even when they're not bad, they don't ever really seem to get very far. Atlanta just sports wise. Heart goes out to you.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: That's a bummer. <laughs> I had the Falcons in the playoffs too, if you recall from our one of our right. early episodes. I had them as my seven seed. They should be two and one, but they apparently just don't have any defense or any coaching.
1: They cannot close a game. Yeah, I don't. I I think there's still time. They might still make the playoffs. They're what are they? 0 and three. Oh yeah. So am I, but I'm still hoping to make the playoffs. <laughs>
0: True. They yeah, can, you're right. You're right.
1: They can. Hopefully they can turn it around. I do like the Falcons. I like Matt Ryan. Matty Ice is, I, he's a great quarterback. I, I have hope that the Falcons can turn it around. So I just wanted to mention that real quick, though, because that was unbelievable. Moving on to our injury updates for the week. First, we have Tariq Cohen, the running back for Chicago. He did tear his ACL, and he is out for the season, unfortunately. Dallas Goddard, the tight end for Philadelphia, has a small ankle fracture. He was placed on IR, so he will be out at least three weeks. But um, I read this morning there is hope that he will be ready to turn return when he is eligible. Moving on to Elias's team of uh, the walking wounded here, Chris yeah, Godwin. Yeah, th- I,
0: I, I see that three straight guys <laughs> on the mean machine. The mean ma- it's the Mean Machines section of the uh, podcast here.
1: Uh-huh. Chris Godwin, the wide receiver for Tampa Bay, has a mild hamstring pull. He is out for week four and most likely week five as well. I think he was still listed as doubtful on Yahoo, but the description said that he was out or Ian Rappaport reported that or something I saw earlier. Um, Chris Carson, the running back for Seattle, has a minor knee sprain. There has been... There's been indication he is likely to miss one to two weeks, but there's been no official report yet. And Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver for Pittsburgh, he is in the concussion protocol. He's listed as questionable. He should be considered 50-50. It does appear that this game has been postponed due to the uh, Titans' COVID-19 outbreak. I think they now have nine um, COVID-19 positive, four players and five personnel. But they have not decided as of right now, as of when we started recording this, um, when that game will be played. Speculation of Monday or Tuesday night has been put out there. But Yahoo currently has the Titans and the Steelers listed on a buy this week. Mm -hmm. So interesting situation yeah, there so
0: we'll see how this updates in the coming days it can, just kind of seems like to me yahoo doesn't know what to make of it yet mm-hmm. if you know i have Derek henry on my team and looking at my projected points it still includes his projected points even though it says he's on a buy mm-hmm. to like my total projected points so we'll see it would be interesting if it's played monday then the next fantasy week will go on like normal with the waiver wire being you know tuesday night wednesday morning Mm -hmm. and the game would just be another monday game however if it's played tuesday it's still part of this week but then i guess would the waiver wire they would just have to move it a day yeah i don't exactly know I feel like there're a bunch of people like in a room at a Yahoo just being like, "Oh no!" and they're like yeah. typing super fast, like, <laughs> "How do we change the code?"
1: Yeah, uh, I, don't know. I don't
0: know how it's going to work, but if it's fully postponed and you can't play any Titans or Steelers and I in a few different leagues have a lot of people to switch out.
1: Yeah, this is this is going to be interesting how this plays out. I mean, we all knew, the players all knew this was a possibility that this would happen, especially after what happened to um the Miami Marlins. But we don't know how it's going to affect fantasy yet at this point. There have been no reports of what what to expect. So yeah. we'll see how it plays out as the week goes on. Definitely a situation to monitor. That's yeah. all we've got. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> you'll just have to yeah get back and, and check on all your players as the week goes on. Yeah. More injuries. John Brown, receiver for the Bills. Injured his calf in Week 3, but no update of his status so far. Deshaun Jackson, receiver for the Eagles. hurt his hamstring. He is questionable. They're saying it's not too serious. Uh, Another Eagle, Alshon Jeffrey. Hasn't played yet this season with a foot issue. He is targeting a Week 5 return. A couple guys for the Falcons. Russell Gage. Receiver suffered a concussion in week three. He is questionable. No update yet. Also no update yet on Julio Jones with a hamstring injury. He did not play in week three. We'll see if he plays in week four.
1: A mm-hmm. uh, couple of receivers for the Raiders. Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards are both injured. Ruggs has a hamstring injury. Edwards has an ankle sprain. Ruggs has been listed as doubtful, which generally means Out and Edwards has already been ruled out for Week 4. Jared Cook, the tight end for New Orleans, has a groin injury. He is listed as questionable, but there is no update yet. He did go hobbling off the field in Week 3. It did not look great. Philip Lindsay, the running back for Denver, who has had a toe sprain for a couple of weeks. Vic Fangio says he is close to returning, so he's practicing in a limited fashion, and he is trending toward returning this week against the Jets on Thursday night. Drew Lock ha- has a shoulder injury. He's been ruled out for Week Four, but there's a chance he returns for Week Five. I don't know if anybody was playing Drew Locke, but yeah, you know. <laughs> that's good oh, for the Broncos if he comes back.
0: <laughs> all the all the Drew Locke heads out out there, you know they're they're out there. <laughs> Keep in mind, Kyla. you know future Hall of Famer Drew Locke, I say with no sarcasm. <laughs> uh, a lot of these remaining players on our injury list we have not got updates for. This is Wednesday morning, so I'll try to do some of these kind of rapid fire. If I don't say if they're questionable or not, that means they're 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 questionable and we haven't got an update yet. Uh, Jordan Reed, tight end for the 49ers, was placed on IR, could be out for six to eight weeks with a knee injury. Jimmy G, high ankle sprain. Raheem Mostert is still questionable with an MCL sprain. George Kittle, knee sprain, listed as questionable. <laughs> uh, Kittle might come back this week, right?
1: I don't know. I didn't see anything.
0: Uh, I think they were debating last week, but yeah, you know. so ends the 49ers portion of the injury list. <laughs> Our favorite guy, Tyrod Taylor, is listed as doubtful with his rib injury and his punctured lung that we wow. described last week, which is still insane. <laughs> A couple guys we have not got updates on are the Packers receiver, Devontae Adams, with a hamstring injury. Cam Akers for the Rams. He has separated cartilage in his ribs. Michael Thomas, receiver for the Saints. They are eyeing a week four return for him with a high ankle sprain, but that remains to be seen.
1: Another guy who we did get an update on. Jamison Crowder, the wide receiver for the Jets, has a hamstring injury. He was limited in practice. There's been no real indication of his status for week four, so likely a game-time decision for Thursday night football, so I guess not really an update, but kind of an update. Um, <laughs> A.J. Brown, there's been no update on him, other than he's not progressing as quickly or responding to treatment like they thought he would, um, so he was likely going to be out for week four anyway regardless of whether the Titans play or not. DJ Charg has a chest injury. He returned to practice. He was limited, but seems to be on the good side of questionable. Damian Harris, running back for New England, could be activated off of IR. He is questionable. Debo Samuel, the wide receiver for San Francisco, had a broken foot, and he was placed on IR to start the season. And he is likely to return in Week 5, as is Le'Veon Bell, um, who had a hamstring injury. is also eyeing a week five return
0: you know as a Broncos fan uh can't say I'm happy or unhappy that Bell won't be back in week four to play the Broncos (laughs) if the Broncos lose to the Jets I am I I don't know I'm (laughs) just gonna sit down and cry
1: (laughs) it would be painful I mean the the Cowboys lost to the Jets last year so I can relate that was painful (laughs)
0: But the Jets were sad last year, but they didn't seem to be as sad as they've been so far this season. Oh
1: my gosh, they've been awful.
0: We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport.
1: For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under, based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool.
0: Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW50 when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more.
1: Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Again, use promo code BTBW50. Um,
0: uh, time for some good and bad matchups?
1: Yeah, moving All on. All right.
0: Uh, I feel like with, we were just talking about Kamara and the Packers and Saints. I feel like you should get us started with, with, with your first guy. Fits the theme a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Just another guy that I skipped over or said wouldn't have a good season, and I've been wrong.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so my first, with that intro, here we go. My first <laughs> good matchup is Aaron Rodgers versus Atlanta. And as Elias noted there, to the surprise of many, Aaron Rodgers has been playing pretty well this season. The offseason chatter was they got him no help. He was going to be a bust, he was going to have a terrible season. That hasn't seemed to matter so far this season. He's coming off a 24 and a half point performance where he was 21 for 32 with 283 yards and three touchdowns and a win against the Saints. He's tossed multiple touchdowns in every game so far this year. In week four, he is facing a Falcons defense that gave up 33 points to Russell Wilson in week one, 41.8 to Dak Prescott in week two, and a combined 28.8 to Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles in week three. They've given up four touchdowns in each game to the position. I think this game with Green Bay will be more of the same of what we've seen from both sides. I feel like it's going to be a shootout up until the very end where Atlanta cannot close the game. I think Atlanta could at some point get ahead, and then the Packers will be throwing to catch up. It could go both ways. You know, it's just going to be a shootout. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great game. The Falcons defense is bad. So I would definitely start him this week if I had him,
0: yeah. He's probably the best matchup you can possibly ask for this mm-hmm. week. And yeah, I'm sure that Matt Ryan will somehow there'll be a strip sack with like three minutes to go, and the Packers will be at like, you know, the Atlanta twenty. yeah, and they'll and they'll go ahead and they'll win. and the Falcons will find a way to lose that. Uh, My first good matchup is another quarterback, Jared Goff.
1: Wow. Quarterback
0: for the Los Angeles Rams. They are hosting the Giants. The much maligned Goff has been actually pretty good this season. Pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty good. He's Uh, been okay.
1: I wouldn't say pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Week week one, he wasn't that great, but the next two weeks, he's been pretty good. Has accounted for three total touchdowns in each of the last two games feel like play action has really helped golf succeed so far and so has the running game the giants have been poor against the run so i expect henderson and company to have success which should set up golf pretty nicely Mm -hmm. so far this season the giants have allowed two touchdown passes to Mitch Trubisky and just got torched by 49ers quarterback nick mullins for 343 yards (laughs) all signs point to golf being a borderline quarterback one in week Mm -hmm. four yeah. Uh, you know, if you're in a QB situation with somebody who's disappointing you a little bit, perhaps, and you've got golf, I'd throw golf in there. There's really if
1: you've got Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there's really no downside to playing golf this week. I feel like at least a at least a solid 20 points.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you're right here. Golf will be fine this week. As you said, he has had some solid outings so far this season. I just cannot put any faith into Jared Goff after how terrible he was last year. It was the same situation as my Carson Wentz situation this year. I drafted him last year. He was a complete disappointment. And <laughs> I just, when I'm looking at matchups, he just doesn't even exist to me. Like, I don't even
0: Just skip consider- right past him.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I do think you're right, though. I think he's a good play this week. My next good matchup is Jarvis Landry at Dallas. I mean, I think it should go without saying that Odell Beckham should be started this week, too. And I think that's probably obvious to most people. That's why I didn't choose him. So I went with Jarvis Landry. He's had a slow start to 2020 while coming off of his hip injury. The Browns are very run heavy. But Dallas, I'm not going to say they're good against the run, but they're better against the run than they are against passing. Yeah. Um, The secondary is pretty bad. They're missing Chidobe Awuzie. So they did seem to improve the pass rush last week, but if Mayfield could get the ball out quick enough, Landry could be in for his breakout game of 2020. Dallas has given up 100-yard games. This is so painful for me to say, but they've given (laughs) up 100-yard games to four different receivers and seven touchdowns to the position in three games. So if you've lost receiver to injury and you need a play in week four, I think Jarvis Landry is a fine play. He's a great option. This matchup is really hard to pass up. And like I said, definitely start Odell Beckham if you've got him.
0: You know, I wish the Browns the best. What, what can I say? <laughs> I feel like you're going out on a limb a little bit just because the Browns are, browns are just so unpredictable. They're so Browns, they you know.
1: They are. But, they are. Uh,
0: that that has potential to be one of the funner games of the week, I think. Um, my second good matchup is Mike Davis, the RB for Carolina. They are playing the Arizona Cardinals. Despite Arizona's success so far this season, I'm not convinced their defense is that legit. They've allowed 4.4 yards per rushing attempt, which is 17th in the league, and 7.8 yards per pass attempt, which is 22nd. They've also had the benefit of facing a 49ers offense full of injured players and Dwayne Haskins and Washington's offense. So Mike Davis should have plenty of opportunities to succeed here, especially with him getting receptions as the team seems to be treating him a little bit like Christian McCaffrey. You know, you can't be Christian McCaffrey, but he's in that role a bit. Uh, Davis had eight catches on nine targets in week three, finished with 23.1 fantasy points in our league. If he's going to get those receptions, the Panthers are not going to have an overly strong schedule with the exception of Tampa Bay and and uh, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So to me, for the most part, seems like Mike Davis, if you have him, is an every week start from here on out.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He had a great game last week. The matchup against Arizona is better than... Um, The Chargers, who they played. So, especially if he has a good game this year, or this year, (laughs) this week, um, he will be a must-start with McCaffrey out, I think, weekly after this, um, regardless Mm -hmm. of who the matchup is. Moving on to the bad matchups, I've got my first guy is somebody who belongs to the Mean Machine.
0: Who Uh, I may be forced to start this week, no matter what the matchup (laughs) is, if Derrick (laughs) Henry doesn't play.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many people out there are starting Antonio Gibson yet, but he is my first sit of the week against Baltimore. Um, If you were looking to start him, I don't think this is a great week to do so. He is shaping up to be a good regular flex play, I think. But this week he's facing a Baltimore defense who will be looking to rebound after Patrick Mahomes and company destroyed them last week. Baltimore is stout against the run, as we know. The highest point total they've given up was to Clyde edwards Elaire in Week 3, which was 18.4, which was just on Monday night. It was 134 all-purpose yards on 25 touches. Gibson is not seeing anywhere near that kind of volume, and I don't think Washington will get the lead on Baltimore like Kansas City did. Baltimore's defense is going to be angry, and they were already very good against the run. That and the fact that Washington will likely be playing from behind will hurt Gibson, I think, in week four. So if you have a choice, I would not start him this (laughs) week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we talked about in the Baltimore and Kansas City game how they got behind and they abandoned the run. It is pretty likely that that could happen to Washington this week when they play Baltimore. Haskins is going to have to throw a lot, and Gibson maybe doesn't – get a lot of carries. I think that's a good call by you. Uh, The first bad matchup for me, T.Y. Hilton, Colts receiver. They are playing the Chicago Bears. The uh, number one receiving option for the Colts has yet to top the four catches, 53 yards and nine targets he got in the first game of the season. Hasn't reached double-digit fantasy points. And now the Colts face a Bears team that seems to be more susceptible to the run than the pass. Uh, Throwing out when they played the Giants and Saquon Barkley got hurt. The Bears allowed 93 yards on the ground to Adrian Peterson in week one and combined uh, for 138 yards given up and two touchdowns last week to the Falcons' RBs' Brian Hill and Todd Gurley. So my question is really, why would the Colts with Jonathan Taylor and an old-as-dirt Phil Rivers? I just wanted to throw that in there because I don't like Phil Rivers. (laughs) Uh, why would they not run the ball? Seems like the easiest way to uh, negate what the Bears do well. I think they run it. I think they throw to their tight ends, and I think Hilton gets left out in the cold once again. Hilton's numbers will improve this season. I just don't feel that that will happen this week.
1: So I almost chose T.Y. Hilton when I was choosing mine um, before you'd done yours, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, eh. Maybe he won't be so bad. Yes, the Bears' defense has been good, but with this game, I think this game is going to be more competitive than the other Colts games um, that they have played so far this season. In week one, like you said, T.Y. Hilton got nine targets. He only caught four of them, but he did get nine targets. That was the game they lost to Jacksonville, so it was more Mm -hmm. competitive. And now with Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman both out, They're running out of options. They do have the tight ends. They got Mo Alley Cox, who has the cool name. And uh love love Mo (laughs) and Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle was pretty much a non-factor last week. I do think you're right. They are gonna run the ball. They're gonna be able to run the ball. But as we'll talk about a little bit later, Chicago has Nick Foles leading the charge now. So I think this game's gonna be competitive. I think T.Y. Hilton might see more volume and therefore more production. So I disagree with you slightly. I do. I don't think it's a bad pick because it is a tough matchup, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be a terrible week for T.Y. Hilton. I think he could still get you double digit points. He's probably not going to get you 25 or 30, but I think he could get you some if you're desperate for a play. I don't necessarily think it's a terrible play.
0: It's not a terrible play. He'll get his chances. I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, which and it should be a better game, especially the Colts just blew out who they were playing in weeks two and three. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, even week one where they had to throw, you know, they had to throw a ton and it didn't really matter too much. Phillip rivers. I, think... I just don't believe in, in Philip rivers. This is more <laughs> of an indictment of him than Hilton. Uh, well, I just think Phillip... he, I just think he's completely over the hill. So we'll yeah. see. We'll yeah. see. And I have been on a few of my matchups. I've been a week off so far. <laughs> I, I picked Alan Robinson to have a great week and he didn't do much. And then the next week he goes off for, for 30 points, you know? Yeah. I so have, something
1: to okay. keep in mind for next week.
0: Oh, ex- exactly. You know, <laughs> I've had a couple that have been spot on, but I just, if you can afford to sit him, I don't see how you can trust it at yeah. this point. That's if you have to, to play him, him, then, you know, could could very well have a good week, but you just can't really trust him right now.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair prediction. Um, my next bad matchup, speaking of preseason predictions and how they have been wrong so far, Marvin Jones versus New Orleans. He, I picked him as a sleeper pick before this season. He has not shown up. Of course, the Lions have been without Kenny Galladay, but he should have been better um, in the first three games. Marvin Jones this week is coming off a game against Arizona where he only saw three targets in Galladay's first game back this year. I think his production will improve now that Kenny is back eventually, but I'm not sure. This week against the Saints is the week four. The Saints defense is very good against wide receivers this season. They're not giving up a ton of points to the wide receiver position They did give up 28 PPR points to Alan Lazard last week, six catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown. But I think, and I'm hoping, that if anybody sees that kind of production in this game, it will be Kenny Galladay. As I said, at least I hope that for my sake. (laughs) (laughs) But prior to that, New Orleans had not given up more than 13.9 points to a wide receiver, which was to Chris Godwin in week one. With six receptions for 79 yards. So while I do think there will be weeks you can start Marvin Jones, I do not think it should be this week against the Saints.
0: The one thing, uh, they they will have to throw a lot, most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Packers have never, I guess not never, that's not true at all. But in recent years, their tight end position has been fairly non-existent. But uh, Jay Sternberger, I believe is his name, This past game against the uh, Saints, he finally got on the the stat sheet, had three or four catches. Mm -hmm. So I think the Lions watch that and they try to get Hawkinson Mm -hmm. pretty involved. I think Hawkinson and Galladay could both have pretty good games. Jones could be the guy left out in the cold there. Yeah. Um, Before I get to my final bad matchup, our good and bad matchups so far, good we've got aaron Rodgers, jarvis landry jared goff and mike davis bad matchups antonio gibson marvin jones ty hilton and our favorite kyla especially (laughs) her favorite my final pick carson wentz philadelphia's quarterback they are in san francisco Uh, six picks through three games for carson He is running for his life, and now he's facing a defense like the 49ers. This is a terrible combination. The 49ers have allowed the sixth fewest amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks so far. Wentz saved his fantasy week last Sunday against the Bengals with 65 yards on the ground and a rushing TD, which I just don't feel that he'll find the open space against the 49ers that he could find against the Bengals. Yeah. His numbers each week have been 20 something completions, 40 something attempts and two picks. Yeah. His touchdown totals have changed, but that has been the same in each of the first 3 games. Now after this or he gets the 49ers, he gets the Steelers and he gets the Ravens in the next 3 games. There's a legit chance at this point once those 3 games are over that Philadelphia is 05 and 1. It's a distinct possibility
1: That would make me happy
0: Yeah, I'm sure it would <laughs> uh, Wentz needs to be benched in one quarterback fantasy leagues For the foreseeable future Yeah Like I said, without, the, without him scrambling this past game He would have had another terrible week And you can't count on that every week from a quarterback That is not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Cam right. Newton yeah, uh, Wentz is just really not a startable person anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I we all know how I feel about Carson Wentz. I don't really have a lot to add here. I just <laughs> I think he had an okay game last week, but they were playing yeah. the Bengals and they tied. Like they, he couldn't even beat the Bengals. Um, he threw two more picks, like you said. He's thrown two in every game this year. Now he's facing the 49ers, who are far better than the Bengals, even with all the injuries that they have. So, I I mean, I dropped Carson Wentz last week or the week before, and I stand by that I think everyone out there should drop Carson Wentz because there are lots (laughs) of better options, at least at this point.
0: If we wanted to add one more loser for the week, (laughs) how about the fans, people that watch (laughs) the Eagles and the Bengals game? (laughs) And they had to see a tie. They had to see the (laughs) Eagles not try a field goal at the end of overtime and punt instead
1: and just play
0: for the tie. This has happened a couple times in recent years. There was a Colts game, I think, last year where they played for the tie, if I recall. It would have been like a 64. Well, actually, I take that back. It would have been a 59-yard field goal, and then the Eagles had a false start, which made it a 64-yard field goal. And then they didn't attempt it, mm. which, sure, the Bengals would have been able to run a couple plays, maybe. So, yeah, the odds of making a 64-yard field goal are not good, but a tie is just so gross in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Also, why did I know they lowered the overtime from 15 minutes to 10 for like player safety or something?
1: I think they did that last year too, didn't they? Or no?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been in place for a while now, but why? You're just going to get more ties.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I.
0: If if you're really interested in player safety, you wouldn't be expanding the schedule and the amount of games and all this other crap. Like, (laughs) this five extra minutes in overtime is really going to make a difference.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch that game, but I didn't realize that they had a field goal that they could have attempted and did not, but... and
0: Yeah, and they they punted instead. Just a, the lamest... You sit through three and a half hours of a football game. Woof. How
1: much time was left when they did that?
0: Uh, it was like 25 seconds in overtime, something like that.
1: That's it?
0: Yeah, so maybe if they do miss, Burrow can, you know... Toss a couple toward the margins. They get out of bounds. They have a a field oh. goal. It, it could happen. I understand why he did it, but it's still just try the 64-yard field goal. Jake Elliott, I feel like, can maybe make it?
1: <laughs> I guess they figured tying is better than losing, but... Yeah, it, it is. is a a disappointment. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's super lame, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Some other real quick uh, start set suggestions we have for you. We think you should start Matthew Stafford versus New Orleans. That's who I will be starting this week. James Robinson at Cincinnati. Cowboys receivers versus Cleveland. Joe Burrow and Tyler Boyd versus Jacksonville. And Melvin Gordon at the New York Jets.
0: And some uh, suggestions to sit. Miles Gaskin against Seattle. Darius Slayton at the L.A. Rams. Brandon Cooks against the Vikings, and then Tom Brady's RBs against the LA Chargers. Yeah. We had TB on our <laughs> on, on our dock here, and I just chose to say Tom Brady instead Which of Tampa Bay. Which was meant Bay. for Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I saw, it, and instead of saying Tampa, I just thought, Tom Brady, whatever.
1: <laughs> that makes uh, sense either way.
0: It, it, you know, it's not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong either way. Uh finally our game of the week our game of the week was going to be Pittsburgh and Tennessee as they are both 3 and 0 and looking like strong contenders in the AFC. However, as we've mentioned, that game is in flux. We really don't know what to make of it quite yet. Yeah. So we went with Philip Rivers against Nick Foles, the Colts <laughs> and the Bears, the two and one Colts against the 3 and 0 Bears. Are the Bears the weakest three and O team? I think so.
1: Yes. <laughs> we just couldn't resist the opportunity to talk more shit about Phillip Rivers, so that's why we picked <laughs> <make> this game. <laughs>
0: and I love it. I'm having a great time.
1: <laughs> this game, it could be a good game. It could also really suck because it's the Colts and the Bears. <laughs> but it could be good. Neither offense I, I think it's
0: gonna be sneaky good.
1: It it could be. Neither offense is what I would call prolific. But the Bears do have an upgraded offense this week, hopefully, with the starting of Nick Foles. Am I really quick with the mention of Nick Foles? I haven't Googled this or anything, but I cannot be the only person who thinks that Nick Foles looks like Napoleon Dynamite. Like, that's a thing, right? <laughs> People think that?
0: <laughs> uh, the actor is John John Heater, right? I don't know. Um, when he has short hair like Nick Foles, I think in the face. I have not heard this, but in the in the face, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Well, t- back to what we're actually here for. I can 100% see that. <laughs> Both these defenses are good. The Colts are better than the Bears, but still the Bears are good enough to contain Philip Rivers. It doesn't take much. Both defenses are in the top 10 and passing touchdowns allowed to the first three games with the Colts giving up the fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the Bears giving up the second fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So not that anyone out there was planning to, but I would not start Phillip Rivers or Nick Foles this week in this game as far as the wide receivers and running backs go. The Bears fall in the middle of the pack as far as fantasy points per game to running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, while the Colts are in the top five in points per game to wide receivers and running backs and give up the fewest to tight ends. So while we do think Jimmy Graham will have value with Nick Foles under center, it may or may not be this week. I do think the Bears will have some success in the air. Alan Robinson should be started weekly regardless of his matchup, especially with an upgraded quarterback. Jonathan John, Taylor.
0: <laughs> Jonathan Taylor.
1: I think Jonathan Taylor will have a fine game. I Like you said earlier, the uh, Bears are more susceptible to the run, so I think Jonathan Taylor will have a good game. David Montgomery will get plenty of usage with Tariq Cohen out. And like I said earlier, despite the slow start for T.Y. Hilton, I do think in competitive games, he'll at least get more targets. Will that lead to more production? We'll see. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is despite the tough defenses, I think most of the guys on these teams could have decent weeks with the exception of the quarterbacks, maybe not Jimmy Graham this week. But who can even predict this shit anymore, honestly? I actually think the Bears... Might take this one with Super Bowl winning Nick Foles leading them. And we don't believe in Phillip Rivers at all. So I think the Bears come out on top in this one.
0: So you've gone through a lot of the numbers and sort of where teams stack up with their fantasy points and all that per game. Uh, Foles and Jimmy Graham are nice speculative ads this week. But mm-hmm. as you mentioned, how good the Colts have been against tight ends. If you're desperate, you know, as we're talking about Foles and and Graham, yeah, we could start them both potentially. If you're desperate, we'll see how that goes. Uh, David Montgomery, as you said, should be started. Of course, Jonathan Taylor should also be started. I'm in a two tight end league, so the depth there gets a little shaky. So Mo mm-hmm. Ali Cox definitely fire him up if you're in a For situation sure. like that. He's yeah. on the verge of being startable in one tight end leagues, depending on who you have. As we talked about, I feel the T.Y. Hilton should sit. Kyla maybe feels a little differently. And Philip Rivers sucks. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, I, <laughs> um, no, Phil, we'll see. You might he have a little suck. bit of magic. We'll, oh, we'll find out. Sucks. Colts are pulling it together. <laughs> the Bears are the weakest 3-0 and team in football, in my opinion, despite having a lot of talent and just being two years removed from being a playoff team. I'll take Indy in a close one. I say the running game comes through in the fourth quarter. Maybe, you know, Jonathan Taylor dives in. They take the 24-23 lead. Defense uh, stops Foles from getting into field goal range. You know, I'm just winging it at this point. But I'll take the Colts in a close one. The Bears are going to have to lose at some point. Yeah. And maybe it's when they finally get to play Green Bay. But we'll see. I have not looked at the next few weeks for the Bears, but I've got to assume it gets harder. It cannot be any easier than the teams they've already played. Yeah. So uh, I'll take Indy.
1: They've won. And
0: so far, our games of the week, we've kind of cursed the games of the week. (laughs) All three of our games of the week, even though they have been premier matchups, they have resulted in not so great games. Yeah. So So we
1: switched it up a little bit this week, the Colts and the Bears.
0: Yeah, you know, maybe when the Titans and Steelers finally do play, maybe it's an epic game. And we allowed for that to happen by not choosing it. (laughs) I do.
1: Yeah, I think your prediction is fair to make, too. This game could go either way. The Bears have not. I mean, the Colts defense is very, very good this year. So it could be a real struggle. Mm -hmm. But I'm still going to just stick with the Bears. is because I'm a Nick Foles believer. I don't know what it is, but he won a Super Bowl. And I just. I think he's got some juice in the tank. I think people yeah. will be surprised.
0: Yeah, maybe the Bears are that uh, surprise playoff team, you know. 50% of the teams switch out every year, so. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay, last thing to go over is our starting lineups for the week. Yours is still very up in the air <laughs> oh, yeah. at this point. <laughs> Mine, however, we are, I... We
0: are playing each other as, oh, yes, as well. Starts, yeah, We are... This is clash of the titans here the fight for the <laughs> seller of our league so far
1: i am really hoping for a win this week that's why i'm kind of hoping that the uh titans game is postponed so that derrick henry cannot play
0: <laughs> would. it's purely
1: selfish i'm sorry to all the other derrick henry owners out there but i am facing elias this week as he said and I am in desperate need of a win. He has one win. I have zero. So if if I win this week, we will both be one and three, and then I'll feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> All if I have that to say happens. about
0: my team is fucking Mark Andrews and Michael Gallup. Like, get it together <laughs> and be consistent.
1: Dang. Okay. So starting off my lineup, I'll just start at the top. I was already planning on playing Matthew Stafford over Ryan Tannehill, so. The COVID issues aren't really affecting me this week. Uh, So Matthew Stafford's my quarterback. Wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. That will be the case every week as long as they are playing. Running backs, Clyde Edwards-Elair. And I am still riding out Kenyon Drake. He's got a matchup against Carolina this week. So it's impossible for him to have a shitty week, right? That's what I'm telling myself. It is the best matchup for running backs in the league. You can only
0: hope. You can only hope.
1: He's getting 20 carries a game. It.
0: He Go has Panthers. to have a
1: big game. <laughs> I'm sticking with Kenyon Drake this week, my tight end. I'm still going to stick with Gasicki despite the one-catch performance last week. I think they will try to get him more involved this week against Seattle, with, especially with Jamal Adams likely to miss the game. I think that's going to help Gasicki a lot. And then in my flex, I've gone back to Todd Gurley against Green Bay. As of right now, that that's the play. The only other real option I think I would have in my flex is Miles Gaskin versus Seattle, which is a terrible matchup. Um, Seattle, even with Ezekiel Elliott last week, they pretty much contained him. He still had decent fantasy points because he did get a touchdown, but Otherwise, he did not do much. So on my bench, Ryan Tannehill, Joshua Kelly, who may end up getting the boot because I've got to, uh, I can't make any roster moves until I drop somebody because I've got Cam Akers still in my IR spot Mm -hmm. and he is listed as questionable. So you have to move him out of the IR spot. And I don't have room on my roster for everybody. <laughs> so I've got to drop somebody because I do need to get a defense and another. I'm going to try to get another kicker this week because, like I said earlier, Jason Myers has sucked because it's not that he sucks as a kicker. It's just that Seattle scores so many touchdowns and they don't need to kick field goals. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, on my bench, Ryan Tannehill, Joshua Kelly, Hollywood Brown, Hayden Hurst, Miles Gaskin. Cam Akers, A.J. Brown. Like I said, I am going to have to drop somebody uh, before I can make any roster moves. So one of those guys will be gone after today. Current kicker, Jason Myers. And the Chargers defense against Tampa Bay. I will not be keeping either one of those. So that's my my lineup for the week.
0: So I'll start with the things that I know for sure. That is the Broncos (laughs) defense against the New York Jets. Zane Gonzalez, Cardinals kicker. I was able to pick up Carlos Hyde in case uh, Chris Carson is out. It does seem like he most likely will be. But as we mentioned earlier, we shall find out. Mm -hmm. So Lamar Jackson hopefully goes to town against Washington. (laughs) Um, Calvin Ridley, my top receiver. And after that, things get a little shaky. (laughs) So Chris Godwin is likely out for the week. Deontay Johnson is likely out for the week, as we mentioned. But, you know, there's a chance that he plays, but there's also a chance that that game isn't even going to happen because they're playing the Titans. So I have Godwin and Johnson both on my bench. So Tyler Boyd moves into my wide receiver number two spot. Michael Gallup is going to be in my flex. Mark Andrews, a tight end. And then the running back position is where it gets real dicey. Chris Carson and Derek Henry. We talked about Carson and Henry could be out if the game is postponed. So if both of those guys are out, then I will have to go with Carlos Hyde in, in replacement of Carson and a bad matchup <laughs> with Antonio Gibson. There I could look at... The wire, but I don't know who I would drop. I kind of think Gibson will only get better this season and there will Mm -hmm. be brighter days. So I'm kind of holding on to him. I don't really want to have to start him. So hopefully the Titans do play on Monday. And with a lack of preparation, they just lean on what they do best, which is Derrick Henry, even though the Steelers are a pretty tough matchup for Henry. Yeah. So as it stands, Two of my RBs could be switched out, and uh, lots of question marks. <laughs> so, uh, with
1: so things are looking team, decent for me this this week. Well,
0: just with the team that I have, I really, just really felt like I would not be in this position to potentially go one and three. I don't feel that I have a one and three team. Yeah, at all, with uh-huh. Godwin and Ridley. Uh, I have two of the stronger RB plays in the NFL Mm -hmm. and Lamar Jackson. So did not think I would be in this position, but maybe Lamar can start playing some bad teams where he doesn't get flustered and he could start scoring 35 points a game, you know, because that appears to be what I'm going to need. You know, in a different league, I've got two Steelers, Juju Smith Schuster and James Connor, oh, no. but I have the depth really. Like if I have to, if I can't play Connor, I'm just going to plug in James Robinson, who has a good matchup. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I actually, at this point, on that team, I have Woods, Smith, Schuster, and Michael Thomas. So if Michael Thomas comes back and Schuster doesn't play, then that's a really easy decision too. Yeah. But anyway, for this team, uh. <laughs> <laughs> We'll find out. We'll find out who plays and who doesn't, and uh, we'll relay that info to you next week.
1: I feel like I am more in desperate need of a win than Elias. I also feel like I should not have an 0-3 or a 1-3 and team with the lineup that I have, but, you know, things are weird this year, but all of yeah. you out there listening, you should be rooting for me this week because... Because <laughs> <laughs> I am more desperate than Elias is, I feel like.
0: I think maybe what should happen is that uh, we both just go on like a late season, mid season charge, just to charge up the standings when our team gets healthy. These other teams have got to start suffering some injuries at some point, you know? Yeah. that's They they can't all be on our teams.
1: I feel like because I have A.J. Brown, who is injured, and that is a big blow to my team. But I haven't had knock on wood the significant injuries that a lot of other teams have had and they are still winning. Like if you look at um Val's team, what's my name? She has nobody on her bench, Harley, that she can play, but she is three and oh. I think I don't even know who her injuries were, but she had some pretty big injuries. And like Bethany, she's two and one, which she did lose after her injuries. I just Wanted to throw that out there again, Bethany. Well,
0: (laughs) and What's My Name just beat me Yeah. this past week.
1: You should have won that
0: game. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. She has Tariq Cohen on IR, Sutton on IR. Uh, Well, she clearly hasn't looked at her team yet. She's (laughs) got... But... uh, (laughs) She has Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Matt Ryan, and Hunter Henry. Of course, she has Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen had an amazing week one, and I guess an amazing week two as well. He's been really strong. So she has a couple of guys that, despite her injuries, have had massive weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, Thielen did not have a good week two now that I'm looking at it. 33 points in week one, 12 points last week when he found the end zone again.
1: Week two was but, that week that Kirk Cousins had that terrible, yeah, terrible yes.
0: week. Yeah. So I think her team has just had enough huge games and they've been spaced out mm-hmm. to where she's still 3 and 0 despite some inconsistencies. Whereas with us, Those inconsistencies in that have resulted in losses. Hers have been spaced out enough where she's got wins. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but that's fantasy for you. That's that's the game. That's why we love it. That's why uh, that's why we're painstakingly trying to get back in the race here.
1: (laughs) I know. On Sunday, I was like, I just, I don't even know what to do at this point. Like, I don't know how to fix the problem. I don't think that I have better options out there on the waiver wire. I'm just kind of at a loss. But now, just
0: just patience. You know, it'll it'll turn around. We just gotta hope that it turns around in time.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's gonna do it for this week's show. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. You can now find us on some new platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We should be coming soon to iHeartRadio and Podcast Addict. So check us out on those platforms if that's where you get your podcast normally also we post our weekly waiver wire ads on our social media on tuesdays you can find us at btbw podcast on instagram and twitter follow us connect ask us your questions good luck this week we hope your season is going better than ours (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening and we will see you next thursday
0: see ya